Blog Talk Radio. Uh, but really, 
I think it's it's more of a state's undoing, with the given that the, the outcome for strength of schedule was dead last, and the fact that they only beat two teams that qualified quad one wins and um, Auburn and Syracuse both at home. They didn't win enough games against the top half of the league. We all understood that, you know, didn't, they lost leagues against Florida State, Louisville, and we only scored 24 points against Virginia Tech all game. But let me start with you first, Jeff. Do you think that the, that the tournament, that the NCAA tournament right quick got it right with leaving out NC State and Clemson? Well, you know, I, I, I'm a I'm – a, you know, ACC guy here too, and I think that that at least one of the two should have got in, and, and probably it should have been NC State because uh, they had the two right. wins over Clemson. Um, I, I think that uh, the Pac-12 got one bid too many. Uh, once Oregon got in, and that was a bid steal, but I think you could argue yeah. that Arizona State probably shouldn't have got in. Uh, they're in the playing game. Uh, St. John's is is not very good. You had teams with net rankings, yeah. in the, I think St. John's was in well, their net ranking was in the 70s. And you know, yeah. I thought when when Auburn won the SEC tournament, I thought the committee would look favorably on that. That hey, here's the SEC champion that NC State defeated. Yeah, I was on their home floor, and um, you know. But I still thought they would take that heavily into account. I thought NC State was going to make make the field. I know the strength of schedule kept coming up, but I mean you could you can cherry pick you know every little you know quad one win, quad two win, you know this strength of schedule right. that, and and you could make an argument that NC State was was ahead on on several of the metrics against against some of the other bubble teams. You know I think they finished thirty three or thirty fourth. Uh, in those .NET rankings, which were supposed to, you know, right. replace the RPI, but now they said that that's just was just an organizational, you know, tool. So I, I think we really don't have a clue what to look for in the in the next year, other than you know, go out and schedule as many good teams as you possibly can. Don't worry about your record. Don't worry about how many losses you have. Pick up a handful of wins. Right. You know, pick up four or five of those quad one wins doesn't matter if you lose the other 15 and and that's what they're looking for it's really confusing criteria i think after this year and i think the Wolfpack should have been in the field yeah i mean the inclusion of oklahoma really baffled the hell out of me still does baffle the hell out of me because they finished 7 and 11 yep. in their conference which i didn't think the bid 12 that thought there was all right conference and they lost i mean the, the, the main wins, they beat Kansas, they swept TCU, they beat Florida early in the year in some pre, in some uh, tournament, but they got beat by West Virginia in the first game of their conference tournament. There's no way in the yeah. hell that Oklahoma should have got in, but that's another story. I mean, I, I, I just, that stunned me. That really, really stunned me that they got in. I mean, but, 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 but Matt, let's get you in. in in on this, Matthew. So, are you yeah, concerned sure. about? I mean, I, I'm not. I'm, I know this ACC segment here, and I'm trying not to go dwell too much on Oklahoma. But isn't it stunning that state? You know, again, look, I'm not making excuses for state. In addition to what I said earlier, when we lost to Georgia Tech at home, I was like, it's no wonder what we're getting. <laughs> so, I well, mean, they kind of did it to themselves, but, but still, that's just Oklahoma, though. Here. 
Yeah, well, let me give you my take, Kelly, because I, I think that yeah, NC man. State kind of got Greenberg. Does that make sense? What I'm okay. Saying? Like, there's times when Virginia Tech got left out when it had a trash-ass schedule, then it would get a big right. win against Duke, and it would lose to Boston College, and it did itself in. And right. I'm kind of thinking – I saw the same thing happen to NC State. I mean, I'm no one to talk to about the bubble, right, given Virginia Tech's struggle with that. I, 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 right. I don't have as much sympathy as I did before. But at the same time, <laughs> it's like you're supposed to win the games you're supposed to win, right? And Tech didn't right. do that when it had to back then. And I kind of see the same thing here that happened with NC State. Now, I do agree with you about Oklahoma. I don't think Oklahoma should have got, got in either. But – I think your take, your very, your take at the very top of the podcast is the right one. That playing better, playing better and stronger competition, just like Jeff said, is going to help NC State and and other ACC teams in the long run. And I agree with that. And and, and you know what? I'm glad that I'm glad that it shook shook out the way it did for State because you don't want to set the precedent where teams with schedules, and I include the 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 power teams was scheduled trash ass out of conference schedule just to rack up wins. You know what I mean? And then right. and then just taking that to the conference. Instead of doing what teams like Virginia, Duke, Carolina, you know, the good ones do. They schedule tough out of conference opponents every year. And it doesn't hurt that they get invited to these, these tournaments before the conference season starts. But even people like oh teams like like Florida State. They schedule up. They they schedule up our conference pretty well. Um, what well, and, and I'm trying to think. This year too. Yeah, Virginia Tech did too. Exactly. They beat Washington, handily. And Purdue. And they had a few other good. Yep. And, and, and Purdue exactly. And they and and so there you go. You got to schedule up. That's that's the main take on matches to schedule up. Again, I disagree with with Oklahoma's inclusion. I still scratch my head. I, over that, I agree but, with you about that. I agree with you. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So I mean, it's it's just it's just a, it's just as now as far as Clemson goes, they actually had a shot. They had a actually turned out from what I read, they had a better shot than AC State, meaning that if they would have won that opening uh, conference tournament game against AC State, they more than likely would have been in, probably won the last four in because they had a better out of conference schedule than AC State. They have more quad one wins in NC State, and it's just that they have bad losses. I mean, like they lost to like Nebraska in the uh, ACC Big East Challenge, and they had a few others head scratchers, but they turned it on late in the season. But I think back to speaking of NC State, when they played State in Raleigh and they lost on the last second shot, I think that if they had won that game. I think they would be safely on the right side of the bubble. So, um, yeah, so basically, so starting with Jeff, what do you think about Clemson? Do you think that, you know, is I don't think they did it to themselves as much as State did, but they still, they lost too many games that they should have won. And if they took care of, like, took care of business in two, two or three of the games this season, they would be in easily, I think. Yeah, I, I mean, Clemson was – uh, the, the part I have a hard time putting them ahead of NC State is because of the 0-2 record against the Wolfpack. They they didn't have quite the, yep. you know, they didn't have like a home loss at to to a Georgia Tech. I mean, they did lose down at Miami. They they had the home loss to Nebraska that you 
that you mentioned. Um, and they also, you know, lacked any really any elite wins. They they had the win over Virginia Tech, even, even though Justin Robinson wasn't in that game. And then they beat uh, Syracuse, a fellow tournament team, and they were playing better late in the year. Um, yeah, they did. They turned it on. But but like you said, yeah, like you. But they like you said, they couldn't close out games. You know, they had the one point loss, but two two times couldn't hold on to the lead against late against NC State. They had a one point loss. Um, at Louisville, uh, they had uh, they had yeah, the ball that. with the final possession against North Carolina. They had a chance to win that game. They couldn't win that game. Uh, uh, the game in Miami was very close. I think it was one point game. Also, ended up losing that one. Uh, I think Clemson was a was a NCAA caliber team, um, but that 0 and 2 against NC State. I mean, I know some of the metrics were better, but I have a hard time putting in a team over a, another bubble team with a similar record. And you lost to them twice, yeah. and one time on a on a neutral court. Um, yeah, I mean, I think in the end, you you could have argued that both could have been in over over some of the bubble bubble teams. And what was also surprising is when the the NIT seedings came out, is having them behind teams like Texas and Indiana that had, you know, sixteen, fifteen, sixteen losses here. So that was also surprising. Yeah. So the whole thing is kind of. Con- confusing other than they just they really don't care about your record they just want to see you know those handful of of elite wins and if if they could have knocked off North Carolina on their home floor they they probably would have got into the tournament and that was a game that they really had an opportunity to win or at at Louisville that was a game on the road they were right there uh with a chance to win it and couldn't get it done you know, hey, hey, Matt, let me a- 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 ask you this. You, a lot of people in Clemson are bagging on Coach Brownwell. And some of us yes. is rightfully so. Some of us are rightfully founded. Do you think, I mean, let me ask you this. Do you think given Clemson's that reputation as a football university, you don't have but so many resources for the basketball program, do you think that, I mean, that Brownwell has done as much as he could with Clemson? I mean, I mean, given given what they again, given what they go up against with the other blue bloods in the conference, is there any other coach out there other than maybe Rick Barnes who did it once before that could make Clemson a perennial NCAA tournament team? Because I don't you think know, they could. Jeff and I may have a disagreement on this, but a while Uh-oh. back, <laughs> no, no, I mean, a while, no, I think we. Uh, it looks good a while back because I, I thought that see I, I you know Virginia Tech and Clemson are very similar to each other they're both engineering schools they're both agricultural land grant schools there's a very similar culture between the two right Virginia Tech was right first the football it was a football school just like is a football school just like Clemson but you know it's the number one sport at each school. Virginia Tech has found a way to win at men's basketball. They hire, they hire. I don't know how would Babcock got Buzz to come to Blacksburg, but he he sure did. And Virginia Tech's been very much better off since then. You can hire the right coach at Clemson, and I, you know, a couple of years ago, I really thought that Shaka Smart was that guy. I thought that he could really, because I didn't think that Clemson. Would or excuse me, I didn't think that Texas would have a whole lot of patience with him. They they after a couple of years, if you're not winning down there, they want you out. They get some rabid boosters. Yeah, they got they a lot of money. To exactly, they can they can throw coaches out and pay out buyouts like it's nothing. Now, I, Jeff, let me ask you this question: 
what would you think about Chaka Smart coming to Clemson now? I mean, a couple of years ago, it sounded really good. I still might consider rolling the dice, but his star doesn't look quite as good as it did a couple of years ago. But maybe that's because he's not in the right environment in Texas. What do you think about Chaka Smart coming to? What would you think about Chaka Smart coming to Clemson? I mean, you know, three or four years ago, I would have absolutely jumped at it. Even when he was an assistant at Clemson, I mean, you could tell he was a really bright guy. And when he would go on Clemson radio, and I'd listen, you know, to that radio show, and you'd hear Shaka Smart talking. You're like, man, this guy really knows basketball. He's really well spoken. This this is a guy that you know is, can coach at the, at the top of you know college basketball, and then it's just been basically a bust there at Texas. Um, the the Brownell situation is just is it's really tricky at Clemson because they're a competitive basketball team, you know. But you know what's what's their ceiling? Can another coach get them there? Um, I think it's going to be an interesting question next year because I think. You know, Shaka's going to return, probably return there at Texas for another year. Uh, and if they have another struggling season, I think, you know, they're, he's going to be on the hot seat big time. And Brennell, Clemson's going to be awful next he, Yeah, and Clemson's going to be awful next year. He's going to be out of Texas next year if he has a bad season, Jeff. Not just the hot seat, he'll be out, Jeff. Yeah, and – <laughs> and I think Clemson is going to be really bad next year. They're losing a ton. They're losing their entire backcourt, Elijah yeah. Thomas, uh, and and I think they're going to be a bottom four ACC team next year. And then you know they really have to think. You know, okay, we're going to go another three or four years rebuilding with Brennell. Maybe a change of scenery does does do Shaka Smart good. I think they could do a lot I, I worse than to bring recruit. him back. That's the thing. Yeah, and that's the thing with him. He can recruit and bring players in. Yeah. That's and, my you know, you, you get him away from an yeah. – I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I got too excited. I was, that's what I was thinking. Can anyone – and Jeff, I'll throw this to you since you were talking. Can anyone recruit basketball-wise to Clemson? Is it a hard recruit job? Is it a hard sell job as people may think it is? Yeah, it it it, it is a hard uh, sell there to bring, to bring kids in there. I mean, um, you know, Brennell has been – uh, been in on a couple of kids like really early, you know, South Carolina mm-hmm. kids, and he can't he can't get them to Clemson. I mean, uh, you know, Zion Williamson was a South Carolina kid, and ended up at Duke. Yeah. Uh, the Bryce Johnson a few years ago at North Carolina, they they've been on him since the eighth or ninth grade, and he gets a late offer from North Carolina, and he goes to you know to the Tar Heels, and uh, they just can't get elite players in there. And I think one thing Brandell did do that was good is he built his team, you know, on, on transfers with solid guard play, you know, with, uh, yep. you know, the Marquise Reed and uh, Sheldon Mitchell and Gabe DeVoe last year. I mean, there, none of those, maybe Reed has a chance, but um, none of those are probably like future NBAers. I mean, but they're, prof- they're going to be professionals. You know, they're going to end up playing in Europe. Maybe Reed has a chance to play in the NBA, but I think that's the way they have to build Clemson. And, and hopefully you can land, you know, a, a decent, you know, high three-star, four-star type player to, to round out the class. But I think it's always going to be really difficult to get players at Clemson because, you know, you're competing against Duke and North Carolina in that region. I mean, if you're offering early playing time, so are they, especially Duke. 
Uh, Duke is now you know, yeah. basically Kentucky of the ACC. You can come in and start as a right. as a freshman and, and compete for national titles. So if you're Brad Brunel, like really what can you offer that you can't get at a, at a blue bud school playing in the same conference? You, you hope you can just find a couple diamonds in the rough transfers and maybe you can steal a, a – uh, a top 100 player here or there. I think any coach is going to struggle with that, but uh, maybe Shaka might have a better chance, you know, being a little bit more um, more of a personality than Brennell, but it's, it would be tough for anyone. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean I it can be done, though, if you have the right coach, you know, because, yeah. I mean, yeah. we've seen it happen at Virginia Tech. Good point. That's a very good point. If Buzz could do it, I mean, Buzz, I don't want to see he has one hand tied behind his back, but he's doing a hell of a job at a place where typically Coops don't do but so well at, at Virginia Tech, you know. You it's know, one of the like, hardest jobs in the right. ACC, just like Clemson, you know. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. they're both very hard jobs. Yeah. So, my, some, so I was going to say this, and it's, uh, the Jeff mentioned Zion earlier. I sometimes think what if, like, what if they were, he was able to land Zion? Do you think that would have done? I think they would have done a lot of wonders for recruiting. You see, Zion really excel at at Clemson, take them to another level, and you know, put Clemson on that stage. Because I look at what what the, I think Clemson was in the tournament last year, right? And then they get to the yep. Sweet Sixteen, or am I thinking of another? Yeah, they got to the Sweet Sixteen and they got there by smashing. Beating the dog piss out of Auburn in, in, in like in the second round, and they 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 were very competitive. But who did they did they play a top seed Gonzaga? Uh, who, who did they Kansas? They ended up last year. Uh, Kansas. Okay, yeah, they were Kansas. Yeah, most of the game, and that was actually in Kansas City. If I'm not mistaken, that was a home game for them, or that or Omaha. So, um, I guess all those books are time anyway. But that's another podcast for our time. But the point is. Is that it can be done. It can be done. Clemson basketball can excel. Okay, that it, it it's possible. It can be done. Matt, uh, uh, Barnes did it in the nineties, um, and you know you see other examples on the ACC, notably Buzz Williams of Virginia Tech. It can be done. Florida State, Leonard Hamilton at Florida State. It can be done. Yeah, that's another it's example. That, yeah, it, yeah. I mean, it can be done. He's been doing it there consistently for the last few seasons. So, I mean, do you ever see Clemson, and either one of you guys can jump in on this, do you ever see Clemson spending big-time money on basketball? Or is it just the way it is? Well, I, I think they <laughs> definitely put in money into the program, and it, they did uh, just do a renovation of Little John. You know, it's, it's – yeah. You know, I've been in there several times. It's a brand spanking new arena. I mean, it's a great place to watch and to play basketball. So I think they've definitely made uh, some in, some investment on that. And like you all are saying, I, I think it is. You know, it is possible for Clemson to to be better, and that's what's going to be interesting is what they do with Brunell. Uh, you know, you talk about his re- recruiting, and another player they let out of the state of South Carolina. Uh, the guard there at Murray State, you know, John Moran, he's going to be a top five five player, NBA pick. I mean, he's playing in Spartanburg, South Carolina, and Clemson got in on him so late that he'd already committed to Murray State. I mean, 
that's that's the kind of diamond in the rough that you know if Clemson wants to get to that next level, they've got to find and not let get out of the state. I mean, he was right there. If they would have offered him at the time Murray State did, I mean, they'd have a an NBA point guard running their team right now. But he he you know just a couple failures in recruiting, you know, unable to land the big player at state, but then also missing, you know, diamonds in the rough. I mean, he 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 blew up late in the in the uh, recruiting process. He's already committed to Murray State, but you know, Murray State recognized that this kid was a real talent, and Brunell and and Frank Martin, South Carolina, you know, missed out on him. What would, what would they? How would they love to have a player like that on their team right now? Yeah. You know, here's a quick fact, right, right, quick. Um, Morant and Zion were on the same AAU team in, in South Carolina. Just want to throw that out there. They're on the same team. They know yeah. each other very well. And so that was when none of them were the big cheese. There was another kid who's at uh, Mississippi. Uh, I forget his name. Uh, who was a point guard on that on like uh, on that squad? So or a shooting guard. But yeah, it's going to show you that you never know. I mean, I, I, wow. Missed on both Zion and Morant. Wow. Just wow. They're crazy. I mean, two I of the top four I, picks I, next year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How do you miss on that? I mean, it's – I mean, gosh. I mean, I mean anyway, uh, you know, we could spend all night on Clemson, but the point is, is that I know Brownell is a, is, is a, is a good coach. He's not a great coach. He, I mean, he's a good coach for what he has. He has to do better in recruiting, I think, and that's – that's what we should get closer on the next level. But as far as AC State goes, going by AC State real quick before we talk about the tournament, the conference tournament in itself and of itself, I like their coach a lot. I like AC State's coach a lot. I like um, what he's doing. I like the, the, the defense that has to start playing. They're just too up and down. And, you know, I'm not ready to throw the baby out with the bad for it. It's only, it's only his second season, if I'm not mistaken. It's only his second season. And You're so right. Can, and I'm going to give it time. And he's done wonders more ones than Godfrey uh, has ever done. And he's doing it the right way, by the way. So, I mean, I, I just think that more consistency, I think it will help if it's more consistent. And I think he's doing a decent job with recruiting. I think that he could do better. I think with school, with resources like NC State has, and I know that from first from firsthand for being a student there, from, the, from being an, an alumnus, I just think that they could do they could do, do more with recruiting, and not just settle. You know, what I mean, I, I don't, we shouldn't be getting blown away, blown out by Duke and Carolina, given the resources that we have. Is all I'm saying. And that I'll throw that to you. Like, do, like, I, I just think that I, I mean, I, I think that state is just one good recruiting class away from being constantly, consistently. That's why I think, given the resources that we have. Yeah, I mean, I'll just tell you quickly about NC State. I mean, you're, you're what is it, second year? He doesn't have all his mm-hmm. own kids in yet. You know, I think right. it's fair to give him, 100% fair to give him time. It didn't – I mean, let's look at Virginia Tech. I'm, I'm going to use the Hokies here as an example versus Duke. Yeah, go ahead. Buzz is one bad call away from having a winning record against Coach K. He's three and three against Coach K. He's three and three against Coach K. A bad foul in that first game uh, in five years ago, which should have been called on Duke. I still remember this. 
<laughs> he's four, he's four and he, uh, save that bad call. He'd have been four and zero at home versus Duke, and it's pretty remarkable, isn't it? But that Virginia Tech can be yeah. have that good. But my point there being is that it took, you know, it took Buzz a long time to transform that that roster. I mean, that first year you had three walk-ons on that team that played significant minutes against Duke yeah. that had four guys on that roster that went to the NBA. Okay, and so right. you don't transform a roster overnight. And, Jeff, I'm sure you agree with that. I mean, it took a – that first roster yeah. that Virginia Tech had under Buzz Williams, oh, my God, it was bad. <laughs> the way it's – I mean, the way you've seen that roster transform to having guys on the all-ACC team – you know, and and a potential NBA lottery pick this year for Virginia Tech, which is unheard of. I mean, yeah, you're more than you, – you need to give Kate's time at NC State. Yes, Kevin Keats, yeah, definitely. I keep forgetting his name. Yeah. <laughs> I, agree. I mean, definitely. I agree. He's a know, good coach. And I know you agree with He's this. He's a good coach. He sure is. Yeah, I mean, when I, when I look at Buzz – you know, Williams is, is is also not, you know, just about getting players. It's, it's getting those players that buy into his system. I mean, yeah. and you could see it, right? You know, at 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 at, at um, Virginia Tech, the way his guards have developed. There might not be a better coach, uh, a better coach of guards in America than Buzz Williams. I mean, since he was at at Marquette and Virginia Tech, he gets great, absolutely great guard play. Just a example of that. Yeah, and um, yeah, abs- absolutely. And I and I think with with Keith, you you look at this season. You know, I don't think that much was expected out of uh, NC State, and they still won twenty two games. I, I think you're going to look right. back in three or four years, and this is going to be like the down year at NC State. That's that's how much confidence I think it I, I have in Keats to to turn NC State into a consistent NCAA uh, team. I mean, he basically. And I thought they were going to make it this year. I mean, you look at it, his first two years making the NCAA tournament, um, you know, just just missed out on that. And, and like Matthew says, you know, he gets some players that he has for his system. Um, I think you'll see NC State, you know, getting up and down the floor a little bit, uh, a little bit more than than we saw this year. Uh, the, the shooting will be a little bit more consistent. I mean, they had some games where – you know, they, they could shoot lights out, but then, you know, like that Virginia Tech game, you know, they, they couldn't throw it in the ocean. And I think you'll see less of that kind of thing right. in, in the future. Uh, I think Keats was a great hire. I, Matt and I talked about yeah. it. We both thought he was a good hire. I think he's going to be successful yeah. there. I, I don't think there's anything to worry about right now with the direction of the NC State program. And can I just – let me just yeah. add – let me just add here, too. I mean, this is a, this is sure. important. I mean – this is a really deep ass league. It is yeah. hard <laughs> to get to the top, right? I mean, you know. So I mean, given that, I mean that you know, it's you know, what are your expectations, Scott? Do you expect? Let me ask you. Let me point this back to you. What right. are your expectations yes, for sir. state? What are your expectations for state? state? Where do you expect them to be? <laughs> Well, I expect them to be in at least the top half of the league every year. We have okay. okay. That, we that's have. Fair. I think I think that's fair. Yeah. I think that's fair. I because mean, I was wondering that's if you, you know, did you expect them to be in the top three every year? No, that's that's ridiculous. With 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 Virginia, Carolina, and Duke, and now Florida State on the scene, 
Nah, it's just a, that's hard. Oh, it's, and, it's, and let's not forget Virginia. Cool. Let's not forget yeah. Virginia either, right? So, I mean, Tony Bennett's done a hell of a job there. This is a deep league, and it's hard to get in that top four, you know, that, the top four of the league. I mean, they, I, I think top eight expectation is realistic given NC State's culture, history, and resources. You know, and, and right. I think a lot of teams are shooting to get. Or a lot of teams are shooting to get there. You know, I'm. It's that. So I, I think your expectations for top eight are, are are just fine. Okay, we're going to end this segment with this again. This is uh, Jeff Fan and Hokie Smash from uh, the All Sports Discussion ACC Sports Blog. Check, please check out the podcast as well. Um, I'll start with you, Jeff. This is about the incident tournament now. ACC teams. Given that we have three number one seeds from like from the conference, given that the role for Duke seems to be a lot easier than the other two uh, number one seeds, and the clean <laughs> golf course in Florida State, we'll talk about that. who do you who do you have who do you have, Jeff? Like like like, do you do you have an ACC team winning the whole thing? And if so, and I ask you this the same thing, Matt, sure. who do you think that team will be? I mean, it sure is hard to pick against uh, to pick against Duke. Uh, you yeah. know, they're they're starting to they played really well in the AC in the ACC tournament. I mean, Zion in his first game back, uh, you know, after a couple of weeks with with the injury, was was nearly unguardable, and and they they still went through mm-hmm. the ACC tournament without Marcus Bolden, uh, who looks like he's probably going to be able to play. It, it sounds like. Maybe not the first weekend where I don't think Duke will have any trouble, but um, you know maybe by the second weekend. And, and Duke has a has a ceiling when they play their best that no other team in the country can match. I, I think a, a lot of teams you know have been able to stay in games with them because they're really not a good shooting team. <laughs> they have a they, they shoot terrible from three point range. I think they might be last yeah. in the country or shooting at at thirty percent. But if they knock if they shoot. 35% from the from the three-point line during the tournament, they're going to win the national championship because that's the only thing mm-hmm. that holds them back. And we saw that when they're on their perimeter game, like against Virginia, uh, I mean, I thought it was everything Virginia could do to keep that game within single digits on their home floor. And Virginia is as, you know, as good a team out, other than Duke as there is in the country. That's a top-five team, and, and Duke, kept them at arm's length the entire time because they shot it so well. Uh, that region that they're in is, it really sets up well for them. Um, you know, you've got Michigan State there as a, as a two seed and, and Coach K and, and Roy Williams, if you go into it too, they, they basically own Izzo in the tournament. Uh, so I, right. I think they, they can march right into the to the final four. It's, it's really hard to pick against. Duke. If you're going to get them, you're going to have to just hope they have an atrocious night from three, because if they get fully healthy and fully equipped, it's it's going to be really difficult to beat them. You look at the rest of their region, you know, LSU, they don't have a head coach. Um, uh, Louisville, uh, they have to get yeah. by Michigan State. Uh, Virginia Tech could pose some some issues for them playing in D.C. I know oh, Matthew's going to have a lot well, of opinion. You know, of, you know it, Matt. You know Buzz is in Coach K's head. Yeah, so that, that could be a, a pretty competitive <laughs> Wow. Pretty I love competitive saying that. Game. I love saying that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, 
you, you look at that, it, it's going to be hard to to pick against Duke. I, I see them winning it all, and if they shoot well, they're they're definitely the prohibitive favorite. I, you know what? And I agree provided with, that yeah, uh, doesn't blow out his face. Yeah, I was going to say sorry, I, agree so, with, I agree with Jeff. I mean, Duke Duke is totally Duke is totally the favorite, and you know, ninety nine times out of a hundred. Uh, they're going. They're going. They're going to beat Virginia Tech. I. I do have tickets to the D.C. region. I want to see mm-hmm. Virginia Tech and Duke play. I have a vested interest in that. I and I feel like <laughs> there's a very good possibility that that can happen. And on the other right. part, you were about to talk about FSU. I. I I'm actually contacting a friend. You know, because he's going to. Uh, he's going to. Re, he's going to Reno tonight. And oh wow! I'm gonna I'm gonna have him place two bets. One is on Purdue defeating, excuse me, on Old Dominion defeating Purdue. Mm. The other one will be on. I really think Florida State. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't have the brackets in front of me. Are the, is, is Florida State going to have an opportunity to play Gonzaga again? That will yeah. be the sweet yeah, the if they hold their seat. Yep. Yeah, yep. yeah, I'm feeling pretty good that Florida State will win that game again. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Hey, but one last thing about Duke. As long as Zion, I was gonna say, as long as Zion doesn't blow out of his shoe again, I think I think Duke will be fine. I, I don't see anybody beating Duke. I just be real with you. I don't see anybody beating Duke. I, I, you know, between if you look at the region that like like we've all touched on, they can almost moonwalk their way aside from Virginia Tech perhaps in the Sweet 16 into the Final Four, and you know it's it's going. I don't think Virginia's going to get there. I think I think Villanova's going to take them out as a sixth seed, and Carolina's going to have a fight on their hands with Kentucky when all when all is said and done. Even though I think Wofford will give Kentucky fits in the second round. But that's not a hit or there. But uh, yeah, I, 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 Duke, it's Duke's world, and we're all just living in it. And you know, unless you know, thinkable happens again, unless Zion blows out his, his shoe again, and if, if Duke decides not to show up, that's the only way they're, gonna, they're not going to get into the Final Four. So, hey man, but uh, we'll, we'll definitely see. We'll definitely see, you, fellas. So uh, thanks a lot for joining me, man. I appreciate it, and uh, I'll be looking. I'll be looking at you guys, checking checking guys out on on your sports blog in the next few days in the tournament. So thanks again, Matt. Thanks again, Jeff. And thanks right, for having, thanks for having us. You got it. That's Jeff Fan and Matt Matthew, aka Hokey Smash, from the All Sports Discussion HC Sports Blog. Please check them out, and please check out the podcast as well. So we're gonna just pivot right to the NCAA tournament. And we're going to bring in my man, Dwayne Nash. And y'all know him from the Young Institute of Sports, the rest of all things Institute Sports, as well as Bleasy Radio every week on Facebook Live. So before the deep dive into the NCAA tournament, homie, uh, that ACC discussion we just had, yeah. you know, it's, it's funny how strong the ACC has been in basketball to be – and they're not even topic, but it's just so freaking deep. Or as Matt said earlier, deep ass conference. I mean, it's you know, it's it's just marvel. It's just marvelous me. It's marvelous. I just marvel at the fact that our conference got three number one seeds. That's just amazing Mm -hmm. to me. 
that goes to show the strength of confidence. Highly amazing. It, 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 as the seeds were being announced, and when they named, I'm trying to remember the order. I think Virginia was uh, well, was second of the three named. I said, uh oh. Mm-hmm. That fourth Uh-oh. number one seed is, is going to be another ACC team, and it's going to be Carolina. And you're going to have yep. three ACC teams coming in as number one seeds. And, and if State would have made it into the tournament, they would have had, what, seven teams in the tournament well, they have this year? Seven now. They would have had eight. They would have had eight. So they have they would have eight. It would have been eight. So they would have, they would have tied the Big Ten with the uh, the most teams in the, in the tournament this past year, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm I'm just surprised that we talked about we talked we talked about Oklahoma earlier. You know, I, mm-hmm. you know Ohio State. They would have been the teams out. They won the teams out. They didn't have a big win in the conference tournament two days ago. But how does Oklahoma? I mean, look again. I'm not making an excuse for NC State not getting in. We had our strength of conference, our out of conference strength of schedule was dead ass last. And you know we could we like we couldn't beat Virginia we, we like we couldn't beat Virginia we couldn't beat Duke we couldn't beat Carolina twice we we, we gave away a game against Louisville we couldn't beat Florida we did the same against Florida State I mean the only two wins that we had that were for them were Auburn at home and Syracuse mm-hmm. and we didn't score 24 points more than 24 points against Virginia Tech which was embarrassing but the most embarrassing was. We got beat by freaking Georgia Tech at home. Yeah. So I'm not the I'm not going to get on a crusade about my alma mater and make a tournament. What I will say is, how the hell did Oklahoma get there? Given you know their what? track record. Excuse me, Oklahoma. Sure. St. John's. Those are the two that are on my list, especially St. John's. Yeah. Um, we were just talking about this last night. On 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 uh, sleazy sports, uh, it, it just felt dirty for me to say it out loud, and I'm about to say it again. I was sure. defending UNC Greensboro last night on why they should have made it into the tournament, you know, yeah. instead of St. John's. But you know, I, I guess the committee must have thought that Chris Mullen was back playing for St. John instead of coaching. And that's how they sneaked into the tournament. But um, you know, it is what it is, man. You know, it, it, for whatever reason, well, I, I, I know why. The Power Six conferences, just for whatever reason, just looks sexier than yeah. the other uh, conferences, regardless of what they actually do. And it's very disappointing being a fan of mid-major teams and wanting to see the the Davids actually have a better chance or more of an opportunity to get into this tournament and and make it what the fans want it to be, which is an opportunity for the small guy to come up. Right. But, you know, you, and that's you have the this situation happen. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, it, was, it, it, yeah, stuff like that is disappointing, but, you know, we'll forget about it once the tournament gets running and, and, and we have good basketball. You know what? You mentioned. I'm glad you mentioned UNC Greensboro. Apparently, someone from what I've read, from what I've heard, was that apparently UNCG was going to be one of the last four in. What kept yeah. them out was when Oregon stole a bid when they beat Washington in, in the uh, title game in the Pac-12 title game. Mm. Oregon's that, that yeah. spot. 
was going to go to University of Greensboro, for, and I've read and heard that from several people. Um, and and it goes to show the strength of the Southern Conference. And now we're talking mm-hmm. about the quote unquote little guy. Walford is good. They're fucking good. <laughs> yeah. Those guys are ballers. I mean, they hung against Carolina. They hung against Kansas. They beat down South Carolina on the road. Mm-hmm. And those, they didn't really have a bad loss. Um, those guys are legit. And UNC Greensboro, for to a certain degree, was very, it's very legit. So you could have had yeah. two teams. And let's, I'll say this. I know the people gave, gave UNCG a hard time for not being able to beat Wofford, but people tend to forget that Wofford's pretty damn good. And they said the same yeah. thing about Furman, also from the SoCon. Mm-hmm. But Furman had a damn good season. They, they just lost to Wichita State earlier tonight in NIT. Um, but it was just the Southern Conference is just great this year at the top. It was, it was just great. And it's too bad that, you know, the Southern Conference is like this close to being the first league to have an at-large team. And I think that if UNCG would have beaten Wofford, I think Wofford would have been the at-large team because there's no way they were going to keep Wofford out because that was just too Not good. Uh, and I completely yeah, agree so, with you on that one. So it's 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 too bad. It's too bad that they're not in it. But you know, it is again. I should say it is what it is. I mean, they chose to go with Oklahoma, who has a losing record in conference, and they chose mm-hmm. to go with with with, with, with um, uh, I could kind of see Arizona State because they did beat Kansas. They had some nice uh, conference wins. I'll get that to them. Uh, that's credit to Bobby Hurley, scheduling up. Yeah. Uh, and but but St. John's. Really? That 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 that, 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 that was baffled. my head scratcher. That was my that, head that scratcher. That was the hell out of me. Yeah. So let me yeah, ask you, you know. Oh, go ahead. Oh, go. Oh, oh, no, go ahead. You're about to. No, I'm going to say that so, you know, Walford. Uh, the way that they're going to look, especially in the first round, and I expect them to make it to the second round. The way that they're going to look, yeah. Um, during the tournament, it's going to make those who are in the know realize that UNCG should have made the tournament because of how tough of the comp- competition that they had to face this year within the conference. And But, you know, it's too late now. It's nothing much you can do. Right, of course. So, it is, again, this was, but, I mean, but, you know, the Southern Conference is actually pretty good this year, as was conferences like the American Athletic. And mm-hmm. we'll get to them shortly. It's, it's Houston and Cincinnati such a flaw, especially Cincinnati, being that I live here. But we'll just go take a deep dive but quick into the uh, conflict, into the issue that we're talking now that we got the, the snub bitching out of the way. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, was, I was talking to the fellas earlier, and we all know that Duke Duke has the easy role. If I'm looking at my brackets now right quick, Duke has the easy-ass role to the Final Four. I just think that the only roadblock – and actually, well, now we're talking about roadblocks, we might as well just go by region by region and pick out dark horses. So you already have mm-hmm. an idea who the top seeds are, top two seeds on everything else. Looking at the East, that's Duke's bracket. You know, mm-hmm. obviously, that's you know, Michigan State's there as well. I don't think Michigan State get past, may, may not get past Louisville. That's just me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I can't really count Louisville as a dark horse. I don't think they're going to get that far. I'm looking at Virginia mm-hmm. Tech as a four seed. 
And I know that, you know, my boy Hokey Smash early, he, he's a he's a Vatek alum and fan. Mm-hmm. And he says that he, in a joking and fashion, the tongue, 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 firmly implanted in cheek, that Buzz Williams is in Coach K's head. <laughs> because he's like <laughs> one bad play away from being, having a winning record against them. And they do play well against Duke. They match up well against them. Mm-hmm. They, it's a possibility that Vatek and Duke – May meet in the Sweet 16, and the yes, Sweet 16 is in Washington D.C. Your neck of the woods, mm-hmm. so that, yes, that that may be tough. So, what do you think of the 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 the, um, the, um, the uh, dog course in the East is is be outside of maybe Virginia Tech if you have a different one in mind? Wow, actually, Vitek was my dog horse, um, but if you want to go one a little bit deeper. The one school that kind of concerns me a little bit, even though they had some trouble last night, Belmont. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm, it's something about that their bigs, and it's going to be interesting to see Belmont's big and, and, and Maryland's big, both of them being useful, going up head-to-head against one another. And it's something about Maryland, and they just seem to find a way to play down, or, or, and sometimes I'm the level of competition. not at all. I'm not Neither am I. I'm not big on them. And I actually yeah. have Belmont beating Maryland. Um, with the, I do too. The thing is, I'm going to take much of Louisville. I have Michigan State actually getting past them. If somehow Belmont can make it to the Sweet 16 and potentially be a threat to Michigan State, which I don't, I don't believe is going to happen, though, but if they could somehow catch Michigan State on a bad day, it's going to be interesting. I don't think that they can be Duke. But they're going to have to match up their intensity just a little bit more. But the only team in the East that scares me when it comes to Duke is Vitek. Now, I understand the dynamic. Yes, it was interesting because they just had a conversation about this on local radio in terms of what makes mm-hmm. a local team here in the district. And, of course, the conversation came up with, with Vitek, being that even though they have a huge alumni base, here, they're still about four and a half, five hours away. So is Duke. Now, Bartek has a larger alumni base than Duke here, but it's a shorter trip for Duke. So it's not to say that Duke fans won't come to D.C. to travel for that game, especially for a Sweet 16 right. game. Yeah, they'll be here. So it's, it, it may be a little lopsided, but it won't be as lopsided as people may, it may think it will be. I think it, it, it would have yeah. had to be somewhere between 60-40, which isn't enough to, to, to rattle Duke. But, um, yeah, if, if that that would be the one game in the East that would concern me. Mm. Yeah, I agree with that. Especially that's, that's, that's a home game. For, that's going to be a home game for, um, for Vitek and like in some, some, some ways, that's going to be the best matchup, I think, in the East. Because, again, yeah. I, I don't think – I think I think Duke would – if they do make a pass by Tech, they'll wipe up the floor with Michigan State. Again, we don't know – Does that have Michigan State, State, State in D.C.? Yeah. 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 Yeah, they're going to wipe the floor with Michigan State. And, and you know, I know Tom Izzo is coach, is, is coach March for a reason. You know, he plays mm-hmm. – his team plays well in the NCAA tournament. Except the one year they got yeah. beat down by a 15 seed, um, but still, <laughs> I mean, but I, I got one last 
one less intriguing squad in the East before we move on to the South. I mean, I'm sorry, okay. to the Midwest. And that's Yale. Yale gets LSU mm. in the first round. Yeah. LSU is team chaos right now. They got the talent to take it to the Final Four, but mm-hmm. their coach has been suspended. One of the players that are is is really ineligible, and Yale can play. I saw them play against. Uh, it was Harvard in the uh, mm-hmm. in the Ivy League championship game. Those boys can play. So I mean, hell, you may have ten. You have you may have two double double digit seeds in Belmont and Yale going at it in round two. Um, so. Don't sleep. Don't sleep. Start hey, on Yale and I'm not Belmont. Don't those two. I actually <laughs> took those two teams to advance to the second round. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I, I completely agree with you on that. I, 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 will not be, I am not going to be surprised when that happens. Um, but, yeah, the thing is, is who comes out of that matchup? I still have Belmont coming out of that matchup, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if, if Yale – Think that when it advances all to the sixteen. Yeah, exactly. So we'll see about that. In the South, I've mentioned Midwest. I meant the South. My bad. Um, mm-hmm. Virginia's top seed in the, in the South, as well as uh, Tennessee. Tennessee coming off the ass kicking that they got at the hands of Auburn. Um, just looking at this this region, I, you know, I see Kansas State is a four seed. A team that scares me. Well, two teams that intrigue me. One is seven seed of Cincinnati, who will be playing over the round games in Columbus. On an hour and a half north of seventy one on here. On Highway seventy one. Um mm. and the fact that I think Cincinnati is undeceded anyway at the seven seed for winning the uh American Athletic in Houston. I think that was a complete Tennessee was a complete joke, but I think it'll work to their advantage because if they play Tennessee, which we probably will play Tennessee in round two, because I think they'll mm-hmm. be Iowa. That's going to be very interesting because Tennessee will be playing. You see, in what would not to be what would amount to be a road the road game because the fans from Cincinnati will come up to Columbus and droves. It's going to be on. It's going to be mostly red and black in the, in that crowd in Columbus. You know, if that's the case, it's going to be very problematic for Tennessee. Um, I haven't seen them play um, away games yet this season, but it will be interesting to see them play a non-conference team away from home in a pressure situation as in the second round of the NCAA tournament. Um, one of the other teams I'm looking at within that, that south bracket is uh, uh, Wisconsin. The Badgers just yeah. seem – to t- uh, turn it on come tournament time and always seem to find a way to make it com- uh, be competitive and at least make a run of it, if not making the Sweet 16. Then I actually have them upsetting Virginia. Uh, mm. If things uh, uh, go right for uh, Wisconsin, being that they would have to face uh, uh, K-State in the second round. So if they can, if they can right. get an upset, if you will, a five beating a four, and, and advance on. I, I think that they can go ahead and and, um, and and take Virginia. It's it's something about Tony Bennett, unfortunately, and, and, and his teams that they find a team that can play decent enough defense against them, 
and their offense mm-hmm. gets cold, it becomes problematic for, for UVA. And, and that's something I don't know why they just haven't figured out just yet. I really don't know why. You know what? Their best chance was when they lost to Syracuse a few years ago in, in, the, in the Elite Eight. Um, mm-hmm. when, when Syracuse advanced as a, what were they, like a 10 seed? And, you know, they actually, Virginia hey, was, up, was up big, and they blew mm-hmm. it at the end. So that was their best shot to win the title because that was Brockton's, Malcolm Brockton's senior year. Um, but, yeah, but could you imagine? I don't even want to fathom a Virginia-Wisconsin matchup. That can probably be, be in the 30s for both teams. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to see that. <laughs> I thought he ready against the Tech was bad. <laughs> Get ready to not watch it because I have a strong feeling it's going to happen, but I will say this. If anybody is going to be the most prepared within a one sixteen matchup, it's going to be Virginia yeah. after last year. They will be the most prepared. I got to show you it's going to Duke Knight, Lolly Gag coming into this one. Um, facing North Dakota State, you know, Gonzaga may have a good time. You know, you probably yeah. see Carolina partying halfway through the, the second half. Virginia going to be focused the whole time. If they ain't focused the whole time, it, it, somebody needs to remind them to stay focused. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with uh, the Cavaliers and to see if they can go ahead and make that push and finally make it to a Final Four with Tony Bennett. Because their history shows me that they have problems getting there, and Wisconsin looks like an opportunity to pose more problems for them again this year. You know what though? They're not the most Wisconsin, not the most dangerous team in the in the South. I think that medal goes to Villanova. Get a defending champ. They're seeded six, six yeah. in the region. And you know what else? Hold on to your hat. I got them mm-hmm. beating Virginia in the Elite Eight to get to the Final Four. I think Villanova's getting back to the Final Four. Mm. Now, see, once again, if that matchup happens, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't, uh, Virginia losing anywhere in this tournament outside of the first round would not be a surprise to me, which is sad coming mm-hmm. from a one seed. Now, you're going to call me crazy. I actually picked St. Mary's to beat. Villanova in the first round. And I know there are a lot of people who are laughing at me right now. I know. And I did it, and I blame this whole bracket thing. You know, when everyone fills out their bracket, you always try to find lightning in the bottle and try to figure out, okay, we've seen upsets in these matches before. Where in this right. year's tournament would it potentially happen? And unfortunately, when it comes to a 6-11, that was the weakest, or, or I, I thought that the one situation, even though Villanova finished strong this year, even though Villanova won the title last year, it, this was the one where I saw the potential upset because, of course, Villanova is not returning the bulk right. of their seniors from last year. So uh, that's why I'm like, okay, this is the 6-11 that worries me the most. If I was to pick an 11-6 upset, that's the one I'm picking, and that's the one I roll with. It's going to shoot me in the foot, but that's right. the one I decide to roll with. 
All right, move along from the from the easy ass east to the compelling south to the hard ass Midwest. This is the bracket from hell. You got Carolina, top seed. Mm-hmm. Kentucky is the second seed, the two seed rather. Mm-hmm. Houston's a three seed. Kansas is a four seed. SEC champion Auburn's a fifth seed. Yeah. Big 12 champ Iowa State's a sixth seed. Mm-hmm. So you get the picture. It's a difficult ass region. It really is. Um, yeah. To me, I think Auburn is intriguing. I think Kansas is overrated. Um, and they're not a good tournament team traditionally. Um, but I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, because let's face it, the last few times Kansas has been the number one seed, they had to play the first round or the second round in either Omaha or Kansas City. So I think mm-hmm. they're overrated. Uh, they got they just been the beneficiary of of of, of, of logistics. Um, but in this case here, all those teams I mentioned, there's one team I think is more intriguing than Auburn, and that's the seventh seed Wofford. Those yeah. boys can play. I was gushing about them earlier in the podcast, but man, oh man! If you if anyone had a chance to anyone has a chance to check out Wofford this year, if you hadn't had a chance to check them out, Google them, YouTube them. They are great to watch. Fundamentally sound, and they just do. They just they just they, they're not but so boring. They may not be but so exciting rather, but they they're just sound. They're, those boys are just sound, and they're very they've been competitive all year. So this won't scare yeah. them. Going about against no. the likes of Carolina, Kansas, and a few other cats this year. The one big at South Carolina. So looking at the first round matchup, they got Seton Hall. I think they'll be Seton Hall. Then they get yeah. Kentucky in round two. That's going to be mm-hmm. very interesting. A young squad in Kentucky with a bunch of blue chippers and one and dunners against veteran ass. Fundamentally sound as Wofford. That's going to be a fun matchup. Very fun. Those matchups always are fun. I don't care what anybody says. There's something, especially within the past 10, 15 years, watching these just about whole teams, well, I should say at least three to four, or about three starters, made up of freshmen who are literally running dunners that go up against these veteran right. teams that, that had to struggle their first two years, then they kind of found themselves their junior year. Now this is their senior year. They had a great senior year. They came out. They won their tournament. And, uh-oh, these one and has got to face these grown men in the second round. What's going to happen? Right. I always love seeing those situations. And it's, it's gone the way of one and dunners in most situations, but it's kind of been like, Seven to three out of ten situations, and in them, those seven wins, it still was tough for those young guys. So if somehow Walford can frustrate Kentucky, which can be done, it's going to be problematic yeah. for them. Now I do have Kentucky winning a close one over Walford, but I'm with you in that boat of watching out for Auburn. I see them getting to, to Carolina in the Sweet 16 and end up eventually losing to them. But Houston, Houston is another team that is intriguing to me as well. I actually have Houston yeah. beating Kentucky Those are good and moving on. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's another team I, I, I'm, I'm keeping my eye out on in terms of top five seeds. 
but I completely agree with you. Walford, if you're looking for a seed 7 to 16 in this bracket, that's the one to go ahead and watch out for because they're going to play good basketball as long as they're in the tournament. And, man, I, you know, between Walford and Iowa State, you know, those those, mm-hmm. those two squads, they're sleepers, man. Iowa State's good. They are good. They beat Kansas what was a home game for Kansas. And being at mm-hmm. a Big 12 Conference Championship was played in Kansas City. Um, it, 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 it's crazy. But I I reluctantly and, 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 and barely picked Carolina to make it out of the region. I don't like the pick, not because I hate the Tar Heels. I just don't like mm-hmm. the pick as much because of Auburn, Iowa mm-hmm. State, and Wofford, and Kentucky. Yeah. Those, those four teams. I, I don't like my Carolina pick, but if Carolina comes out of this region, they'll be more to battle tested. And I know they've been hot as of late with that loss to Duke notwithstanding in the conference mm-hmm. conference semifinals. But the point is, this is this is a region from hell. And Carolina's very experienced. I think Auburn's very experienced. I think mm-hmm. Walker and Iowa State are very experienced. I think mm-hmm. Houston's very experienced. And mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I just think in UK is very talented, so damn. <laughs> if Carolina doesn't make it out of Sweet 16, I wouldn't be shocked. It's been worse because I have to play Auburn in Sweet 16. Um, As do I. So, so I don't. I, again, I think Kansas is grossly overrated. Um, and they're not a good tournament team anyway. Um, but yeah, so I barely have Carolina come out the region. If they don't come out the region, I think Iowa State will come out the region. That's why. That's mm. why I think. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I also have yeah, Carolina coming out of that region as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, last but not least, let's get to the West. I'm not feeling Gonzaga as the top seed. I know Gonzaga's very good. They beat Duke when Duke was at full strength. But mm-hmm. they got beat down at Carolina, which happened. Mm-hmm. Carolina's very is the one yeah. to their one seed as well. Um, they lost to St. Mary's in the conference tournament final, which gave me cause to pause. Um and that's not to say that Gonzaga is overrated. I think Gonzaga is very well coached. I think Mark Few is a stud as a head coach, always has been. And, you know, they got players now. I mean, before he did it with one hand by tied behind his back, but now he has players. He's against players. Yeah. And they were this close to having a national championship, and like a couple years ago. This close. So they could get it done. I'm just looking at the region. Syracuse is an eighth seed. Um, Syracuse is always dangerous as a tournament team. Florida State is mm-hmm. a fourth seed. Murray State with John Morant is a 12th seed. Um, Michigan is a two seed. Buffalo is a sixth seed. Texas Tech, which fell on his face in the, in the Big 12 conference tournament, is a three seed. What I'm looking at. I got, and you don't know about this. Y'all, people don't know about this if they live outside the Cincinnati, greatest Cincinnati area. It's Northern Kentucky University. These guys mm. are gamers. These guys could really play. And it wouldn't shock me if they upset Texas Tech in round one. I wouldn't wow. shock me. I wouldn't, it would not shock me because I'm telling you, I know Texas Tech is legit. You know, I know that they've, they've done well most of the season. 
I just think I just if you watch had the opportunity to watch Kansas watch NKU play, it wouldn't be shock. It shouldn't. It wouldn't shock anyone if if NKU gave Tech a, a game. As in, like they, 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 as in, like they've been, they will be in it until the final seconds of the game, of the game. So, keep your eye on, eye on uh, NKU, but okay. you know, yeah, keep an eye on them. Keep, uh, keep, uh, keep an eye on them. But I think Michigan is too good uh, as a two seed. They, they're also mm-hmm. a great comp, uh, NCAA tournament team. But I think, I don't think, Sir, I don't think Gonzaga. Will get. I don't think Gonzaga will come out the West, and I don't think they'll get past the Sweet 16. I think Florida State will take them out in the Sweet 16. Florida State has that length. They go 10 deep. Mm-hmm. All 10 players can score, and they're long, and they, and they defend. I think they'll give Gonzaga trouble if Gonzaga gets that far to the Sweet 16 past Syracuse. So I think Florida State will make some noise in the West, but I think Michigan will end up coming out of the West. You know what? I completely agree with you. I have uh, Florida defeating Gonzaga when they make it to the Sweet 16. My upsets, especially in the first round coming from this bracket, I have Mary State beating Marquette, and I also have Florida beating Nevada. Um, I'm concerned about Buffalo, not in a bad way, but actually in a good way, especially based upon what they did last year and the way that they looked this year, even though they lost their, their head coach. Um so yeah. it'll be it'll be interesting to see what this team does come the first round, depending upon who they face between Arizona State and St. John. Um, but yeah, I completely agree with you. We already know that Syracuse, because of their their two three defense and their length while playing the two three, can give teams fits. Um, Baylor has already seen the two three, so that game is going to be intriguing. If what they say is true. With uh, with Baylor and and their ability to play well against the two three, so watch out for that one as well. But um, yeah, Gonzaga in that thirty and three record, even though they're thirty and three, once again it, it kind of reminds me of Virginia a little bit. I'm not that impressed, and then we'll end up getting that 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 uh, repeat from last year of Florida State Gonzaga, and I just think that Florida State in this situation walks away as the winner. Again, um, uh, even though I, I, I'm not going to enough pick Gonzaga to win that game uh, last night on, 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 on Sleazy, I had a change of heart, and, and, and it's something about that veteran leadership um, with Florida State. That, 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 and, and also Leonard Hamilton. Didn't do too well in the NBA, but that dude is doing fantastic down at Tallahassee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those boys are straight deep, so it's going to be interesting. So, I got to ask you the question now that we talked about this. Who you got mm-hmm. down the nets in Minneapolis? I got Duke. Oh. I don't see anybody beating Duke this year unless Zion Williamson steps out of his shoe again. <laughs> yeah, unless the dude out his shoe again. I don't have yeah. anybody beating Duke either, and I actually have Duke Carolina. For Prop Four, going on in in, in the um, in the championship game with Duke winning eighty six to eighty, um, but the one thing though that Duke is going to have to uh, keep in mind, and I, I've said this, I know I've said this for like the past nineteen years, 
they're going to have to keep their three-point shooting down to a minimum unless they just happen to be hot. Um, they, they can't have situations where they're shooting more threes than they have twos, and I've seen them do that this year, where they get a little bit too excited or they just end up finding themselves in such a rut that they're trying to come back too quickly. Um, mm-hmm. They boy, Zion Williamson, be who he is, which is a monster at 6'8", 240. Um, even though there's going to be situations, of course, he's going to be double teamed, and, and, and he's going to end up uh, facing um, defensive fronts that he's going to get uncomfortable with. I mean, that's why they got Barrett, and that's why they got the other ball uh, there to help him out. So if they can go ahead and, and um, do what we've seen them do as a collective, as a whole, they should walk away with this uh, championship this year. Yeah, I did too. Uh, unfortunately, I got Duke winning it. You know, it didn't make me feel good, but hey, you got I, I have a brain, I have to use it. So, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so, so you got to go with Duke there. We'll get you out here, and we're going to end the podcast on here with this man. Early mm-hmm. in the week, I know when you, when you when you think about one is I think about deep thoughts yourself about your life and your accomplishments up to this point, your career, how good it may make you feel, or how bad mm-hmm. it makes you feel. One of you are an achiever. Well, looking mm-hmm. at learning about Mike Trout's four hundred thirty million dollar extension, I've said this a couple of times before, but it's clear that I chose the wrong profession. <laughs> it's clear that I did, didn't do right by not pursuing a career in baseball. Four hundred thirty million dollars. Four hundred thirty million dollars. Good gracious, alive! Ooh. Yeah. Man, twelve years. I should I should have kept playing baseball when I was in high school, man. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I what the hell was my what? What was I thinking? I should have developed yeah. my left arm and become a left-handed pitcher for that matter. Oh. But but here's the thing. I first when I learned about the extension, I thought mm-hmm. that Trout was just comfortable with losing in mediocrity because mm-hmm. I don't think the Angels from first blush would be coming would be doing anything big. Anytime soon, but David Schoenfeld mm-hmm. on ESPN had a had a uh, had an article that that it's like five reasons four hundred thirty million dollar man Mike Trout can win a World Series with the Angels, and he gives compelling mm-hmm. reasons. You know, it's like you, y'all can check it out. Like first, them being a big market team with financial flexibility, which is correct. The farm system mm-hmm. is a lot better than it was in recent years, and okay. the Astros may not will not be on top forever. As a matter of fact, the Navy's team facing a drop-off this year because they lost out Keiko and Charlie Morton, uh, especially Keiko being one of the aces of the staff. I know the staff is Justin Verlander, but the Astros mm-hmm. can very well fall off, fall off a little bit this year. But, man, $430 million. That's a whole lot, That's of, a lot of cheese, man. That's a lot and of cheese. The funny thing is... <laughs> So you, yeah. you, you know the D.C. area has been dying laughing because just three weeks ago it was Bryce's aim to have the biggest uh, contract of all time. He knew that he right. would be supplanted by Mike Trout. He just didn't know when. And I know he really yeah. didn't expect it to happen less than three weeks after he signed his contract. So Right. All of this talk about having the biggest contract and all of this and 
and making such a big deal about all of that, all of that, just for this to happen 18 days later. It's laughable. Yeah. And, you know, people are saying, ha-ha, uh-huh, that's what you get, and now you're stuck in Philadelphia. And the fact that Very you were attempting to get Mike Trapp to come, yeah, and you were attempting to get Mike Trapp to come out to Philly with you, now that's not happening. So now you're going to have to, to focus on someone else to try to come out there with you and, and make this team that much better so they can continue to compete in this division. So it's going to be very, it's going to be very, very interesting to see what happens in the NL East now that they know that Mike Trout's mm-hmm. not coming out there and what they're going to do mm-hmm. from this point on in order to stay competitive in that division. Because we already know the Nationals, they've retooled without having to spend, out, spend a lot of money. So we have to see how that actually pans out. The Braves are still young. After winning the division last year when no one thought that they would, don't think that they'll win it this mm-hmm. year, but they're going to be competitive. And they, sooner or later, are going to end up turning it around. So between those three right. teams, and then there's some people who believe in the Mets. I don't necessarily believe in the Mets because I don't trust their, their, their staff to stay healthy, but what if they yeah. do? That becomes an interesting question to ask. Exactly. And that's one that we'll cover the next couple of weeks when we preview the Major League Baseball season, man, was very exciting. Very, very exciting. Yes. So, and by the way, one last thing to, to get you out here. While Norfolk State represented in the NIT, we talked about HBCUs, unfortunately, Prairie yes, View, and Central came just short. Just short. So, yeah, Prairie View lost a tough one to to, to, uh, to FDU, uh, giving it up late yep. uh, in, in that one. Um, same thing with Central today, but like you said, and, and I didn't realize it, they had them as the 32nd ranked team coming into the NIT, and that's Norfolk State, and they went down to uh, Tuscaloosa to upset uh, uh, Avery Johnson in Alabama. But boys been busy this week for me, NCAA. CIT, NIT, Pro Days. I've been everywhere. My head can't take it, but I'm going to relax a little bit while I'm in the office. Don't tell nobody because I'm going to be watching games after 12 p.m. Don't come asking me for nothing. Unless it's a fight There you go. Who you with? Who you with? Peace out. That's my guy, Dwayne Nash. Please check him out on CZ Grado every week on Facebook Live. This was. His blog, HBCU, the Yard HBCU Sports. Thank y'all for tuning in. This is Scott Burks. Hope y'all enjoyed the tournament. Peace out. Six, y'all.